as I was sitting in the back today, standing in the back today, worshiping, and hopefully he doesn't mind, it's too late anyway. And Brother Chad made a mistake. The very last note of the song. And I saw him shake his head because I know how much work this team puts into playing for the Lord. And they, they want it to be perfect, if we can use that word. But I saw him shake his head and it reminded me, that's all of us, most of us. You know, we do our best to do what God wants us to do. But sometimes we make a mistake. We're imperfect. Only Jesus is perfect. Only God. When he did that, it just reminded me of us. Shaking our heads, going, again? And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're in a place where you have been doing your best putting your best foot forward, and yet it seems like, again, you know what? This is your day. I wasn't sure if I had the right word this morning until I went to prayer with the prayer team this morning, and they called it out. They spoke over this. They didn't know what I was preaching on. But I couldn't believe how much they targeted exactly where this message was going today. And I just said, thank you, Lord. He knows. And you know, what that says to me is that he cares about us. He cares about each and every one of you. Don't, don't sit here today thinking, oh, this is for everybody else. No, this is for you. God is big enough to be here for you and every other person individually in this room. So as we move ahead this morning with the message, just fasten your seatbelts. I got a lot of scripture, but I'm telling you what, I feel like it's all from the Lord, and hopefully you'll confirm that in your own spirit by the time we're done. But today, we just want to give honor to God. I want to thank everybody for uh, being up here today leading us. It was, it was an amazing morning. Cademan, thank you. Good job. All right. Wow, it, it's so weird uh, to be in the pulpit again. <laughs> having, having been gone six weeks, I wasn't gone, I was here the last two, but uh, which was kind of nice to get to hear others speak. But I just want you to know that I missed all of you. We, we Pastor Barb and I, missed all of you. And uh, if you're new to the hope, we might be a little different than some of the others, but we all love Jesus. We all realize we're imperfect. Right? Anybody perfect in here? Nope. <clears throat> and as Tony's T-shirt says, stand up, brother. We are better together. Actually, it says better together, but anyway, put it together. And love you, bro. You're ready to go? Yeah, get out of here. Adios, children. Have a blast, but not too much. Well, go ahead and have too much fun. I love it that a third of our church just left. It's a good thing. That's right. But you remain. And I believe that uh, God does have something special for us today. So today is going to be the first part of this message titled Battle for the Mind. And it'll make more sense as we move along. By the end of this study, you're going to see just how important it is that we fight for and against what we think, see, and hear. This week and next, I want to impart some things into your life that will help you to do life better. God's way is always better. Amen? You'll be able to take better control of your thoughts, what you allow and don't allow into your head, and, of course, into your heart. Now, to me, the head and the heart are connected. They, I can't really see how we separate them. 
if you apply what I give you by his leading, I believe this is going to end up with you living a victorious life. And, and listen, just as I said about Brother Chad, sometimes we fail. That doesn't mean you've lost. When does it mean you've lost? When you give up. And I'll get to that again in just a minute. The whole purpose for us being here is to please who? God, our Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus strove to do his whole life. Please his Heavenly Father. That's our job as well. And by the way, I just wanted to add that I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me this message preparing us for what's to come in just a couple of weeks. So what's coming in a couple of weeks? These two are going to be here. I love this couple. Harry and Cheryl Salem. And I'm telling you, they have got a word for this church. They, if you follow her, if you're not, you should get on her Facebook and, and follow her. She's an amazing lady. Um, she loves to worship God. And when she shows up, she's got the anointing. There's no question in my mind that when they walk in here, Starting Friday night, then Saturday morning, and then, of course, Sunday morning, they'll conclude their teaching on the Holy Spirit. We need that. We are in a battle. We're in a battle that, do you think Satan wants us to live? He wants all of us dead. If you represent Jesus, he wants you dead. And that's why we've got to fight so strong and so hard to make sure that that doesn't happen. We have to do everything we can to protect what God has given us in every sense of this, all right? And I believe that this message is going to do that, and I believe it's going to lead us into a place where when they get here, and Pastor Barb said it this morning, she said, we don't have to wait for them to get here. God's going to do something this morning. God's going to do even more next week. And I, I just feel like, though, this is going to build. The more that you step into the flow, if I can put it like that, the more God's going to show up. So some of you, you just need to kind of shake off all that religious stuff. You know what I mean? Shake it off. Do that with me. Shake it off right now. Oh, doesn't that feel better? Do this with me. Let's pray. Do this with me. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I can't do this by myself. I want all that you have for me. I want it to line up with your word. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. I want to please you, God. So now help me with that. And help Pastor Norm to preach really good this morning. And give me a heart to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. What drives you? What drives you crazy? Either literally or hypothetically, don't look at your spouse. <laughs> what drives you to come to church? What gets you up to go to work? I'd like to suggest that the brain or our mind is what drives us to be who we are. For example, when your stomach is hungry, it tells you to what? It's time to eat, right? And you eat, right? Everything that you do is based upon what's placed in this old noggin that we all have. Now, thankfully, some things take care of themselves, right? Like breathing and our heart beating. You know your heart beats 60 to 100 times a minute? And you breathe, you inhale and exhale uh, around 30 times a minute. Now can you imagine if you, did I remember to breathe? <laughs> Guess not. We don't have to think about that kind of stuff, right? 
But some things don't take care of themselves. Like, you know what? I have to exercise today. And you're all going, no, no. Well, not all of you. Where's Krista? Krista, you, you're a maniac, all right? That's all I got to say. If you follow Krista on Facebook, every morning this girl is charged and ready. What do you call that place? Fit body? I'm just like, wow, I want to be like you someday. But I ain't there yet. I'm just telling you. I'm working on it, though. Pastor Barb's got me eating good. You know, I'm trying to take care of this physical thing because our bodies don't know how to feed themselves. Now, they'll take in whatever you put in, so you have to be careful with that. But, again, I'm getting sidetracked. I, I need to get back to where I was going here. So, other than breathing or our heart beating, all of these things that drive us have one thing in common. They all require the mind to get things done. All right? So, what is the mind? I've got a little quote here from Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. The element or complex of elements in an individual that feels, perceives, thinks, wills, and especially reasons. How many can reason? Some of you are not even raising your hand. Serious? Is that the kind of morning it's going to be? How many of you can think? Let me put it a different way. All right, come on. Carol? Wow. I'm just like, come on. Do you ever think about the things that you allow to go through your mind and how those very thoughts are what make you who you are? Do you ever think about that? Whether positive or negative, whether Christian or unchristian, what you allow in determines you. Why owe you? Get this part. We have to be so careful with what we put in. Because what you put in here ends up in your heart. And it makes you who you are. Sin, the Bible says, robs us of God's goodness and His blessing. And I don't know about you, but I kind of like both of those things. I like God's goodness. I like to share in His goodness. And I really like His blessing. I like to be blessed by God. But when you sin, when you allow it into your mind and into your heart, it separates you from God. Put another way, sin prevents us from having an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. Now listen, you might be new to the church. Maybe this is fairly new stuff. Maybe you're used to religion, but not so much having that kind of relationship that God wants. The Lord wants to be intimate with you. Poke your neighbor and say that. The Lord wants to be intimate with you. Come on, I am not going to work that, that hard this morning. You guys either get it together, don't make me come down there. I hope you realize this. The whole idea behind the Holy Spirit is that God wants to be with us. When Jesus said, I'm going to build my tent inside of you, what do you think he meant? He wants to be with us. And in order to have that work out, we've got to make sure this is right. Through him, not anything that we can necessarily do. It all starts with Jesus, you know that. So I'm assuming here, and if you're not, by the end of this message, I'll give you opportunity. But I'm assuming most of you are born again. That means you put your trust in Jesus, you've confessed your sins, and you are living for Him, or at least trying to. Listen to this. 1 John chapter 5. I've got it up behind me. Loving God means keeping His commandments, and His commandments are really burdensome. Oh, 
His commandments are not burdensome. All right? You with me? For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So, assuming that you believe Jesus is the Son of God, and all the other things I've already said, you can and should have the victory over this evil world. Every child of God defeats this evil world. But there's a problem. I've already alluded to it a little bit. Most, though most of us really do want to please God, I believe that with all my heart. I don't think anybody here is going, man, I really want to disappoint God today. Right? Even though that's the case, many of us still seem to fall short of where we actually should be. And it goes along with what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians, and, and you've probably heard this before, but when I was a child, I spoke and I thought and I reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I what? You know, Jesus said, come to me as little children, but he, he didn't tell us to stay that way. In other words, we need to mature in our faith. We need to improve. We need to take new steps of faith. We need to make sure that we're increasing, not us, but God is increasing in us and we are decreasing. That's a winning model right there. The more of God you have in you, the less of the world that there's space for. So let me ask you this. Since God has given us everything that we need to conquer this world, including the urge to sin, how are we doing? How are you doing? Do you feel like you're living a shallow life for the Lord? Is this the only time of the week you really think about it? How many of you are tired of living a shallow life for Christ? You don't have to raise your hand. Listen, I already said this, but we all make mistakes. I'm talking about a lifestyle here. Does your life, if somebody were to scrutinize you, this week they came in and did inventory for the whole week, and you didn't know it, at the end of the week would they know you were a Christian? And listen, by shallow, what I mean is that you have no depth of relationship with God. That's what the Lord wants from us and with us. When we prepare this for God, it's not time to end yet. Maybe it's just time for them to go. Come back, come back when you can. That's actually the beeper. I struggle with this. I'm going to be honest with you. Phil, do you struggle with being intimate with the Lord on a regular basis? I know you love God. I know you know the Word. But you still struggle. And, and you start to feel like, I've let Him down. I keep living this life. It's so shallow. It's like, is God really in it? Anybody else or is it just me? And Phil, because I drug him into it. <laughs> My own experience, and I'm just being honest with you today, is I, I've had times in my life, and I've been a Christian over 30 years, and I've had times in my life where I've settled. I've settled. I've allowed mediocrity to come in, and, and I've said, you know what, this is good enough. But it's not. God wants the best from us. What does he say about mediocrity? He says, if you're lukewarm, 
I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. He said, I'd rather have you be cold if you can't be hot. We need to realize, we need to get this in our hearts. God wants the best out of us. And listen, that means we can't settle we got to keep going after Him. Keep going after the throne. Keep going after the Word of God. Keep going after the people we know who don't have Jesus yet. we got to keep doing it until He returns and comes and says, alright, it's time to go home, kids. And here's some good news. Not as though that weren't enough good news. But what if I showed you over this next couple of weeks, how just a few tweaks could result in huge, and I'm saying huge results. You could get the victory in your life in ways that you haven't before. How many of you would say that would be good news? So let me just say this. Would you poke your neighbor and say this to him? You might be one little tweak away from a great life. Y'all know what a tweak is, right? Just a little smidgen. Just a little adjustment. If, if we were clocksmiths, we would understand that. Or, or working with very delicate instruments, we would get it. What a tweak means. Just a little bit of an adjustment in your life. And I believe it could change who you are. And I believe this is the challenge that the Holy Spirit is giving us today. What I'm about to share with you has to do with the battle of the mind. Your mind. What you download into your brain. That includes what you see with your eyes, hear with your ears, and entertain with your imagination. It directly affects your relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no two ways about it. And not unlike your computer, we all need to place some kind of an antivirus some kind of a defense at the gate of our minds. The eyes are the window to the soul. So whatever you see, whatever you focus on, is going to affect your spirit. Can I get an amen? amen? So let me ask you this. Knowing that, do you think that the devil wants you to focus on godly things? He's going to do everything he can to get you sidetracked, to get your eyes on his kingdom and not God's. Because if he can do that, what's it going to do? It's going to prevent you from becoming intimate with your heavenly Father who wants to have that kind of relationship with you. He already knows you intimately. The challenge is that we get to know him. And that's where we're at today. I believe God is calling the people of the hope. And if you're stuck here today and you're a visitor, that includes you. I believe He is calling each and every one of us to a higher place. An intimate place. It might scare you right now because some of you people don't even like to be intimate with people. But let me tell you, it's not as scary as you might think. When you begin to let God in, to let Him see you as you really are, and listen to me, He already knows. He just wants you to admit that He already knows. And when you start talking to Him, that's when everything changes. That's when He goes, ah, I can work with that. I can work with that. Brother Jeff, I love you, man. You were praying this morning, I was just... I was just like, yeah, rah, rah. I was cheering you on, brother, in the spirit. That was awesome. How many realize that not everything that goes into our minds is good for us? Recently, I was trying to get into some software that my son Andy installed here at the church. And Andy, of course, has moved on to, he moved with his wife and my granddaughter, Evangeline. 
And now they're living in the Lansing area. But he used to do all of our networking stuff. And there's this thing called administrator with everything. And if you don't have permission, if my name's not on the administrator part, I can't do anything. And I'm like, really, Andy? I didn't know everything he did until I went to do some of this stuff, and I'm like, I can't do anything. I have to call him up. Andy, you got to make me an administrator in this software. Oh, I forgot that, Dad. Sorry. <laughs> you? Yeah. You don't know how many times I forgot my password and username. You are the only one that has administrative rights. Point at your noggin for this. You have all authority over this. Only you. What does that mean? That means only the stuff you let in will come in. You put in a safeguard, some kind of feature. You know, on a computer, you can put on Covenant Eyes. That's a, a software to prevent you from being able to go to porn sites. And men, it's epidemic in the church because it's so easy. You can do it where no one sees you. That's not true. God sees you. The angels are watching over you. Put something in place so that you can't so easily go there. Just this last week, I just read this. This lady caught her husband buying pornography. And she went to him and she said, you got to stop this. And he did it again and she went and shot him. I'm not recommending that, ladies. <laughs> but what I am saying is we have to safeguard this. If you don't, who's gonna? Most people ensure that the outside of their house looks really good, or at least moderately good. Look at your neighbor and say, you're looking good. Don't do it with that nasty voice, though. They, 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 might, they might get creeped out. Say it in a nice way. You're looking good, right? And isn't that true? How many did something to come to church? I should ask how many didn't, and they'd probably get one or two hands, but I won't do that. No, most of us, we, we want to be presentable, right? We want to look good. What about the inside? Now, some of you just celebrated your son or daughter graduating, and you went in and you made sure that your whole house was spotless because you had a party. Now, some of you got sneaky and you had it somewhere else, so you didn't have to clean your house. We know. We know. You're just smart. We're the only ones that see what's really in our house. So we don't worry about it. Now the outside, hey, looking good, bro. Right? But the inside, eh, not so much. Nobody else knows what I'm thinking unless I share my thoughts. Nobody but me and God, that is. Of course, and I hope you know this, God knows all things. If you would, I wanted to read from 1 Samuel 16, 7. And of course, Paul uh, later quotes this. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. Talking about Saul, King Saul. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance. But what? 
Say that with me. The Lord looks at the heart. Say it again. The Lord looks at the heart. God doesn't care about how handsome or beautiful you are, how fast you can run the 440. God only looks at the inside. He examines the heart. This isn't referring to our physical heart. I hope you know that. Not the one that physically drives this body. But the heart in this verse is translated from the Hebrew word lebab, and it, it's referring to the center of the person, his or her mind, if you will. God knows our every thought, whether good or bad, and he knows the condition of your heart. God knows our every thought, and he knows the condition of your heart. You're not fooling anybody. This is where we really get serious with the Lord. When we're willing to say, you know what? <laughs> I messed up. Lord, I know I'm not there yet. And I want to stop pretending to play church. And I want to make sure I'm right because when he comes back, I want to be ready. When that trumpet blows, come on, brother. When that trumpet blows, I promise you when the angels do that, and brother, you have a set of lungs. When the angels do that, oh, we're going to shudder and shake. And we're going up. We're going up. Hallelujah. As long as we're ready. And that's what this message is about. God is preparing us. He wants us to be an example for this world to follow. We look like the world, church. Only we can change that. I may see half of you leave this week. I don't know. Because you don't want to hear this. But what that says is you're not serious about spending the rest of eternity in heaven. If you don't give God any more thought and you're just thinking, yeah, I want to be in heaven someday. Start working on it now. Why would you want to live with God forever when you don't even want to be with Him for a few minutes here on earth? I know I'm stepping on some toes here. But understand, it's, it's, it's rolling over me like a steamroller just as much as it is you. Because I'm not perfect. I've got a long way to go here. And I've got a long, lot of things I can improve in my own life. This should challenge us to do all that we can to live for God and to keep what's inside clean. When Jesus, when He paid for your sins, when you went to him and said, God, forgive me of all the stupid stuff I've done, all my sins, cleanse me of my unrighteousness. When you said that to him, he did it. It's done. But then it's our job, it's our duty to make sure we don't let stuff back in again. That we're not like that dog that goes back to his vomit. Or the pig that runs back to the mud pit. You're clean. Stay that way. Well, you don't know how hard it is to live in my skin. I don't care how hard it is. God made a way where there was no other way. He's given us the victory. I've already said this. You're going to make mistakes. But it shouldn't be a lifestyle. Am I making that clear? If you're born again, if you're God's child, then what goes inside your heart, your thoughts, motives, and attitudes, etc., they should line up with the character of God. You should look like Jesus. Poke your neighbor and say, hey, you're looking like Jesus. How many of you are tired of poking your neighbor now? <laughs> Wish this preacher knocked that off. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> 
The world would like us to believe that it's okay to sin. After all, God is a forgiving God, and He is. But He's also the judge. He's just, and sin must be accounted for. The world isn't going to judge you. Jesus Christ is going to judge you. So you better understand what He expects of you and how He expects you to live and then live accordingly. The Bible is clear, and this is one of the key points. Say it with me. We are to live holy lives. Will you say it again? We are to live holy lives. You know, sometimes when we see with our eyes and say it with our mouth, it tends to stick better. You know what my prayer is right now? That every one of us this week, when we go to do that stupid thing, and you know what I'm saying, that we'll remember this and it'll be like a banner across our eyeballs. We are to live holy lives. Let's get into some scripture to confirm this. 1 Peter 1, 13-16 so think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world, when He comes back. So you should live... What? Oh, you must live as God's obedient children. Do you think Peter was making a suggestion? Now listen, I know some of you are going, well, a man wrote this. The Bible says these men were given the utterance. They were anointed. God spoke through them and gave them what to write. And I'm not going to come against that today. All right? I believe that with all my heart. So if that's one of you, you got some growing up to do. Because if you don't believe the Bible, then I don't even know why you're here. Unless you're just searching. And then... If you're just searching, just keep coming back and eventually you realize what I'm saying is truth. So don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, right? If we're born again, we didn't know any better before, but now we do, right? But now you must be holy in some of the things that you do. Again? No, in everything you do. Again, not a suggestion. Are you with me still? Just as God who chose you is holy, for the Scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Say it again with me. You must be holy because I am holy. One more time. You must be holy because I am holy. Do you think God's just trying to be mean? Do you think he's up there going, you know what, I don't want you to have sex outside of marriage because I just don't want you to have any fun. No. He says this because he wants the best for us. And he doesn't want anything to separate us from that intimacy with him. And when you become intimate with him, you start hearing his voice. That little voice that might tell you, don't go that way today. Or invest in this. There are things God will do and say to you that you didn't hear and do before. But when you become intimate with him, it will just become a part of who you are. As long as you don't let sin into your life as a lifestyle, God can work with that. Amen? You must be holy, for I am holy. God wants us to be like Him. His way is the best way. Jesus came to show us the way, the way to heaven, the way to morality. Jesus didn't come just to bring us some cheap kind of grace. Meaning, He came to show us the way to please our Heavenly Father. Just as He pleased Him, we need to please Him. And hear this, see this, when you please God, you will be pleased with yourself. See, this is why people are so messed up today. 
Because they're not pleasing God, they're pleasing self. And as a result, they're unsatisfied. doesn't get any clearer than that. Wow. I think that's good preaching. And then, when Jesus ascended into heaven, the Bible says He prayed that the Father would send the Holy Spirit to come and to continue to show us the way. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is our what? Let's look at that real quick. John 14. If you love me, obey my commandments, Jesus said. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Now that word advocate is actually uh, uh, translated from the Greek word paraclete. And it means our comforter, our encourager, our counselor. In our prayer time this morning, somebody said, he's our coach. I love that. That's the Holy Spirit that Jesus has sent. And the Bible says He will never, what? Leave you. Why is it that sold-out Christians are so happy, or so it seems? I believe it's because they please the Holy Spirit, and as a result, He richly blesses them. How many could use some of those blessings? Then begin to live for Him. You can have these blessings too, if you'll just tweak a few things in your life. I wish I could have fit all this into this week, but I can't. I couldn't. So this is going to go into next week. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. I almost said some, but you guys have been pretty ruthless with me. So The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him. Why do you think the world doesn't understand you? Right there. They can't even see Him. They don't even know He exists. So when you come to Him and you say, well, God told me, <laughs> what? Don't even, don't waste your time. Until God gets a hold of them and they're ready to turn their lives around, this isn't going to make sense. But to you, it should make a lot of sense. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and it doesn't recognize Him, but you know Him because He lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, He's talking to His disciples. And we know, when we get up to the book of Acts, chapters 1 and 2, we know that the Holy Spirit came. Jesus went up and they all waited and thunder and lightning and all this cool stuff, flames of fire on their heads, and everybody started speaking in tongues that they weren't given. God showed up. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And there are a bunch of other places that talk about it in the book of Acts, but we won't go there today. I just want you to get this. God wants you to be filled with His Spirit. He wants that for you. He is our counselor. If you're born again, He is your encourager. He is your advocate. He will help you in ways nobody else could. And just like he did for God's disciples, his followers then, he'll do just the same for us today. Now if you'll back up with me just for a moment. To be obedient to Christ and what is being asked of us here as far as we need to be holy as he is holy. To be holy means to become, listen to this, separated for godly use. You know, some of us really shudder at the thought of this. I don't know if I want God using me. Why is that? Listen, I think sometimes we beat ourselves up so badly. Oh, God couldn't use me. Do you know where I've been? You know what I've done? It wouldn't surprise me if somebody in this room's murdered somebody. You know what? So did Paul. And yet God opened his arms up to him and he welcomed him into the kingdom. Now, and David, wherever you are here, David's another one. Don't be stealing my thunder here. <laughs> Thank you for that. 
It means that we are to be morally blameless and ceremonially clean. Through the blood of Jesus, our sins are washed away. We are forgiven of all our trespasses. And we are then expected to do everything we can in our own power to remain that way. But we don't abuse, listen to this, we don't abuse the fact that we're going to heaven by living like we're going to hell. And that's my fear for the church today, is that there's so little that separates us from the world, and people are going, (laughs) show me. I used to live in Missouri, that was on our license plate, show me. People are saying to the church, show me how it makes a difference for you. Why is your life any better than mine? What do you have that I don't? And if they don't see it, then we've failed. We're living a mediocre life. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but there are hundreds of scriptures in the Bible that speak to how we're to avoid worldly living or lifestyles. Now listen to this part. The Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 5, beginning with verse 3. Apply this to your life. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Is that any clearer? It's getting awful quiet. I think that means we're either you're getting tired or it's, it's crushing on you. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. What kind of jokes do you tell at work? But they're clean, I hope. we got to be so careful because they're watching us. they got a magnifying glass over us. The world wants to see different, are they? Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of the world. And listen, I've I've just got a little footnote here. This means don't be watching those late night shows. We should have no part in those. They're nothing but... uh, Or some of the sitcoms that are coming out. You know what? If you'd stop watching them, they wouldn't make them because they know now, thanks to cable, TV, and satellite, they know what you're tuned into. And if you're watching garbage, that's what they're going to feed us because they want us to see that. They want us to corrupt the man and woman of God. Don't have part in pornographic movies, and that includes our movies. I can't, I've got the TV on. We've got on demand. I'm watching, I turned on this show. It said it was PG, and the F bombs are dropping on me. And I'm like, what? I shut it off. Have no part. (laughs) We shouldn't be swinging. I'm talking couples. Do you know that's a thing? I hope it's not you. Don't let anybody convince you it's okay. You know what this stems from? Pornography. Because we watch that garbage, and then all of a sudden we think, oh, well, it's okay, they do it there. They're going to hell! Come on! God help me. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. Did you get that? What does the world try to do? Oh, it's okay to live this way. Nothing's happening to me. That we'll see. For the anger of God will fall on some who, who disobey. See, you guys are sharp. At least you're paying attention to what's there. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey. 
Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. Look at your neighbor one last time and say, we should live as people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. And I just have a question. Is this you? Are you good? Are you right? Are you true? Jot this down. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Would you this week meditate on this passage? Read it in your leisure. And ask the Holy Spirit as you do, Lord, is this me? And if it isn't, change. Make a tweak in your life. Don't let this corrupt you continue. Wow. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no... I, I jumped over that and I don't want to. Carefully determine. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. I, I started with this. God wants us to please Him. I mean, which, which parent in this room doesn't get excited when your son or daughter does something awesome? Huh? Right? How much more the God that created us in His image, how much more does He get excited when we do things to please Him, even if it's changing the way we live? Maybe I should say, especially if it's changing the way we live carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. And the CEV says, show them how wrong they are. See, we've been silent for way too long. And people are carrying out things that the Bible clearly says are sinful. They're going to hell. And we're letting them by being. Show them how they're wrong. It is shameful even to talk about the things that godly people do in secret. Anymore, it's shameful to talk about the things people do in the open. That's just the kind of world that we're blessed to be living in. But wherever there's darkness, the light can shine even brighter. And I believe that's the whole point of what God's trying to do here. The closer we get to Him, the more we look like Him, the more the light that's in us is going to shine on this world. Their evil intentions, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. And this is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So is... I think Chris is doing that just so that I have to end. <laughs> God bless you. That's one of the nursery pagers, if you didn't know that. That's what's going on here. When, when their children are in need of attention, they go off. So don't embarrass them like I just did. <laughs> Morgan will never come back. If the light is in you, there should be no darkness. Yet many of you are asleep, even dead as a result of your ungodly choices. Some of you are perhaps even questioning your own salvation as I've gone through these scriptures. Ask yourself, is this me? Do I live like this? Am I the poster child for the devil? Or am I here to please God? And listen, if you feel like you failed, if you feel like it's time to turn, here's the good news. God's always waiting for you to make that change, to tweak that little thing that needs to be tweaked. I love what the prophet Jeremiah wrote. One of my favorite passages from Lamentations 3. It says, yet I still dare to hope. Oh, I should have gone there, sorry. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. This last verse. Uh, great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning.
What you did yesterday doesn't concern God. What concerns Him is what you're going to do right now. What you're going to be tomorrow. You see, He has this image of us, future tense, restored, transformed, walking with Him as only a relationship with Him can, pro can provide. That's what He sees us as. Now, you may see yourself as fallen, as a failure, but that's not who you are in God's eyes. He wants so much more for you. Would you stand with me? God is big with do-overs. Can you say that with me? So here's the part I want you to get. Don't be a quitter. Instead, be a repenter. <laughs> I think I might have made that word up. I'm not sure. I don't care. You get it. Don't be a quitter. Be a repenter. When you fail, be mature enough, humble enough to go to your Heavenly Father and say, It's Norm. I've done it again. God, I'm so sorry. I ask you today, Lord, just change me. Help me with this, Lord. Help me to get the victory over this sin, Lord, that rails against me. And Lord, cleanse me of my unrighteousness. I don't care who you are in this room or what you've done, if you'll make that prayer to Him, He will do that. And immediately, you will be called one of His own, and He will put the ring on your finger, the cloak on your back, sandals on your feet, and He's going to feed you. Because that's the kind of God He is. When you look at the prodigal son, the father wasn't doing business. The Bible says when his son started coming into the distance, close enough where you could see with the eye, his dad was watching. Waiting. Ah, oh, I want my son home. i got to skip this part. We'll get into it next week. Ah, there it is. I believe the Holy Spirit gave this to me this week. It didn't make any sense until I read it again this morning, and I went, all right. Jeremiah 3. I believe this is for somebody here today. Maybe more than one. Return home, you wayward children, says the Lord. For I am your master. I'll bring you back. Now he's talking to Israel, but I believe this is for somebody here today. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. One from this town, two from that family, from wherever you're scattered, and I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will guide you with the knowledge and the understanding. I believe that's who I am. I'm one of those shepherds. And God has used me today to call you home. Come home, son. Come home, daughter. What's preventing you? What kind of life are you living that's so great and so dandy that you're willing to go to hell for it? Is that really where you want to be forever? And I'm not trying to guilt you into heaven. I hope that's not the case. What I'm trying to guilt you into is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if you'll take that step and if you'll trust God just for a day or two, let Him speak into your life. Let Him change you from the inside out. I know you won't be dissatisfied. And when you begin to please Him, listen, <laughs> and that step will certainly please Him, there's nothing God won't do for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Father God, You know exactly what each one of us is going through in our own lives, Lord. We're all different. We're all unique. None of us are the same. But we all serve the same God. Whether we believe it or not, you're our Lord. 
And I believe your challenge today is get close to me. Begin to put that filter over your mind. Begin to live for me and allow me to fill you with all that I have and all that I am and all that I want you to be. And if we'll yield to Him, He is going to do great and marvelous things in and through us. Now I want to ask this question if you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, I'm I'm born again. I know I gave my heart to the Lord, but I really feel like I need this tweak. I need some more tweaks probably, but today I just admit it. Would you just lift your hand up so I can see it? All right, hands going up. Thank you. A lot of hands going up. Too many to count. Now let me ask this question. Everybody put your hands down. If you're here today and you just say, nobody looking around, this is between you and God and I'm only looking as an observer. If you're here today, you'd say, Pastor Norm, I I haven't made my heart right with God. I haven't asked Him to forgive me, but today I'm just sensing that He's calling me home and I want to be that one. I want to be the reason that He told you to share that Scripture up there. I want to come home to Him today. Would you pray for me? Would you please lift your hand up real quick so I can see it? Yep, hands going up. Several hands going up. Lots of them on my right, lots on the left. Thank you. You can put them down. I want to pray with you. And listen, this altar is always opened. In fact, it, when we're finished here, if you have any urgent prayers that you didn't already get prayed for, I would ask that our prayer partners would come up at the end. But right now, I just want to pray with you, and I'd ask that you would pray with me as a family. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for this challenge. Help me to tweak my life. To do the things necessary. So I can live for you. So I can be that light. In this dark world. So that I don't have to be ashamed. Of my lifestyle. Because it's all going to line up with you with the Bible, with your commandments. So I ask today, fill me afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, just do whatever needs to be done in me as an individual. Strengthen what needs to be strengthened. Weaken what needs to be weakened. I yield to you today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now I want, to, want you to pray if you raised your hand and, and you just said, I want to come home today. Hallelujah. This is such a great event. I don't want to rush it. The Holy Spirit, I just sense Him all over me today. He is so happy that you're coming home. I want you to pray this as though He were standing right in front of you. And I believe that you're going to have a life change from this moment forward. Pray this with me, and and saints, join us, would you? Heavenly Father, I've messed up. I've sinned. I've broken hearts. I've broken people. But no more. I'm not going to follow in a sinful lifestyle. I'm not going to do the things the devil wants me to do any longer. He's not my dad. Lord and Father, you are my dad. And today, I come to you. I confess my sins. (coughs) Now cleanse me of my unrighteousness. In Jesus' name. And Lord, help me to live for you, to understand you, to be intimate with you, and not to beat myself up anymore. Because today, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. My eternity is secure. And I am a child of God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
you give me six weeks off, that's a lot to pack in there. I'm not apologizing for being late today. People's lives are being changed. Come back next week because I I skipped over some things this week and I had a, a good one for next week. You need it. Lord, we thank you for this body of believers. Keep us all safe in our coming and in our going. And Lord, help us to share the love of God with someone this week and help us to grow, to mature in Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, make sure you hang on to somebody's neck and tell them you're glad they came today. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus.